Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of little facts about yourself. Hello, it's nice to meet you and be here. And little facts about myself. Well, things that people don't know are that I got a black belt in Taekwondo when I was 39 years old. Wow! And the other thing that people may not know about me is I love to swim and I like to swim in deep and open water. So when I'm in an ocean or a lake, I get someone in a boat or a paddleboard or something to be beside me so I can just swim in deep, deep water and maybe go for about one and a half to two kilometers. Oh my goodness. That's probably one of my biggest fears. So that's amazing that that's your, your greatest love. I think that's amazing. Well, that's so cool to learn that about you. Okay. So you got to take me back. You have to take me back and tell me your lemon to lemonade story. What happened to you and what are you doing now? Well, imagine this happened to you in quick succession when you were in at the time, I was in my very early 40s. And so what happened was my dad died very suddenly in early December, so three weeks before Christmas. And of course, that was heart-wrenching, all of the things that go with the loss of your parent and how we handle that. And then one week later, after my dad died, one week later, my house was broken into and like I was robbed, literally, like the door was kicked in, my house was turned upside down and it was just a terrible time, especially as a single parent to feel safe and try and get my back door fixed so I could even lock it because I, I didn't even have a door to lock at that point and then deal with all the insurance and then still at the same time dealing with the loss of my father and dealing with the grief as I was getting you know supposedly ready for Christmas but it didn't really feel very Christmassy so now with the safety issues the repairs executing the will and you know packing up a family home all of those things happen all at once so and I didn't have a lot of money at the time I was a single parent and then I thought okay by the it was approximately the first week of January I thought okay it's been so stressful and so non-stop I just need to take a vacation to reset and I made all these arrangements and my boyfriend at the time was planning to come with me. We planned a one week trip to Mexico. I had my childcare arranged, my dog care arranged. Everything was all lovely. And we got to the airport and the counter we were supposed to fly on was closed. And I thought, well, this is kind of weird. Like they should be open by now to check our baggage. And I went to the counter beside them and I said, do you know when they're going to open? I'm excited to check in. So she said, let me just look at your documents. And she looked at my documents and she said, your flight left yesterday. And I hit 
the floor. I literally, that was it. I didn't have a lot of money and I'd invested my money into this trip that was supposed to be my salvation, was supposed to save me, help me feel better. Now I had lost all my money, did not have a trip, and it's the middle of January, which here in Alberta is often frighteningly cold and dismal. And that's when I literally hit the floor. I went into a very deep, deep depression. And I came home from the airport after picking up my dog, picking up my daughter, no trip now, but I couldn't get out of bed for three days. I was so depressed and so upset and I didn't want to live anymore. I'm like, this is what life is. It's too hard and I want out. So from that three days of misery, absolute misery, I made a decision and I said, well, if I am going to live, I'm going to find out how to be happy, how to live in a happy way, despite the obstacles and the things that happen in life. So I made that decision. It was either kill myself or find a way through because at that point I was so mentally unhealthy in terms of my depression had come in. And from that point, I did that decision. I made that decision to live and to find out how to be happy, how I can change how I think about what happens to me. And that was very close to 20 years ago now. And I have to say, I have transformed my life and I now teach and share people about happiness because I made that decision and I studied and researched how I can make that change. That is perfect lemons to lemonade. I love this so much. You take some really crappy stuff that's happening in your life where you just don't, I see that you just don't want to live anymore. You just don't find any joy and purpose and fulfillment in anything. And it's scary and unknown and grief and all the things that you were dealing with, but you found it. How did you find it? How did you find the happiness again? Well, what I learned was that we all have a genetic set point for happiness. And I had struggled previously with the health and mental health depressions throughout my life. And I learned that I came in with a low genetic set point. From that, I learned that we also have what they call that 50-50 rule. 50% of our happiness is genetic. The other 50% we have control over. So that's what I latched on to. And with the control I had, I understood that happiness is a result of thoughts, habits, attitudes, and behaviors. So looking at my thoughts, my habits, my attitudes, and my behaviors, I was able to increase my set point. So you can do it. And this is what I want everyone to know is that no matter what our genetic set point is, we absolutely can increase it with practice. And I love to use the word practice. We think about somebody practicing an instrument, practicing yoga, and so the practice of happiness. So through my research, I learned there are many, many tools that we can use. 
Yes. I love that too. And what I love about that is this is the same thing I teach as well, but I love how happiness is already there. It's already in us. We have that set point of that 50% and the rest is up to us. And so it's not something we have to chase after. It's not something we arrive at. It's not a goal that we can finally buy enough things or accomplish enough goals that we can have the happiness. It's already there. We just get to tap into it. Yeah, that you say that because I remember as I'll say a high school student, I wasn't particularly happy. And I thought I'd be happy when I graduated. I will be happy as soon as I get out of high school, then my life will be great. I got out of high school. My life was exactly the same other than I didn't have to go to high school. (laughs) So then I knew the next thing that would make me happy. Do you want to take a guess at that, Heidi? Probably the same thing I thought was going to make me happy. And that was to get married. Exactly. Yes. A man. And in this case, I will let the man provide me with happiness. So I kissed a lot of frogs. (laughs) They did not turn into princes. (laughs) I did meet and get married. And then I realized that wasn't the answer. It didn't change how I felt inside. Sometimes we can get a temporary lift. Yep. And then as soon as that's normalized, okay, now I'm married. Now what? Yeah. Made no difference. So after I got married, I, again, what you were saying, chasing happiness. Well, I know what will make me happy. Yep. Having, having kids. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it also worked against me, I'll say in that respect, because I ended up with postpartum depression huh? and I ended up with a very colicky baby. So Ooh. I still kept chasing and chasing happiness. Okay. When my daughter goes to grade one, okay. When this, when that, and it's always outside, just outside my reach. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I think I was in my late thirties before I finally, finally went, okay. And again, and then when all of these incidences happened in my forties, I'm like, I just can't keep putting my happiness out there because I need it in here. And that is what is the wonderful gift that you mentioned that we all have within us is our potential to actualize happiness right now despite the circumstances. Absolutely. I love this so much. That's exactly, we're, we're just the same person. I just think we're, I, I relate way too much to what you're saying. And for, for me chasing that happiness and trying to achieve that through accomplishments and things and, and then getting those things and still not being happy and then wanting something else now will make me happy that I was so miserable and I made everyone around me miserable as well. And I wasn't enjoying life. I wasn't enjoying the everyday gifts and experiences that I was having. And so it sounds like you were in that same way of just miserable and making sure everybody knew how miserable we were and waiting to be happy. Most of my first years of my life. Absolutely. Wasted all. I know I did too. Yeah. So what changed you? Well, again, it was all of that, you know, the bad stuff that happened in a very short period of time. And then I made that deliberate intention, which I believe is powerful for each of us, whatever it is, you know, we make an intention to go back to school, or an intention to take up whatever an, an art or something you've always wanted to do or take it, whatever it is, we make that intention, my intention was to find out 
how the heck I could be happy despite what seemed to be obstacles against me. And so I made that my life's mission. And now I do teach and share with thousands (laughs) how to help yourself be happier and teach tools that are practical and scientifically validated and easy to implement. We sometimes we need help to implement them. So that's where I like to help people as a coach, as someone who comes in to share how to do that, how to apply the tools. So that's your lemonade now is helping other people. That's it. A hundred percent, because I know I'm not the only one that has suffered with a a depressed brain or a brain that didn't function the way I wanted to. I'm not the only one that's had obstacles. And I believe that together we can get through these with the right tools and the right support and literally grow new neural pathways. So that's what I'm all about is teaching people that we can grow a new, happier brain. Oh, I love that too. I teach about the neural pathways. It's like a a path in the forest that's well-worn and like, no, we can have the courage to blaze a new path, you know, and go and now make that new neural pathway, our well-worn path that of thinking. So we just have to correct ourselves. We have to stop and make that change. And it's all about recognizing it and deciding that you can change. And I love that. I love that you're teaching this. So probably what would be your, do you have like your number one go-to tool, just basic thing that you really make sure you teach the most. Here is a, a what I would say is the number one tool or the game changer for happiness. And people think it's so simple that they don't practice it. It's like, well, I've heard that before. And yet the power and the research behind it. So again, let's talk about the brain. So there are, the brain fires all the time. We're always sending signals to the brain. And anything that's a similar signal or what seems to be similar to the brain will what they call fire and wire together. So if we're feeling depressed, anxious, mad, upset, it binds in this big knot and then it fires like a really big parcel and it loves to keep similar events or similar thoughts together. So in order to change that, it might initially feel like, and you use that forest analogy, which I love, that we're now trying to create a new pathway through a forest where there might not be a path yet. So in the beginning, it takes a little bit of practice. I'll use that word again to carve out that new path. And then the better quality things that we're looking for also fire and wire together. So it helps our brain to become a better functioning brain. So the number one antidote for all of us is the practice of gratitude. And I say this and people go, oh, that's so simple. It can't possibly work. But here's here's how it works. If I'm angry and I'm having a day where I'm having thoughts of anger or depression, sadness, whatever those thoughts are. I can only have one thought at a time. And that thought's firing 
neural pathways in the brain releasing chemicals that support that. So in an anxious, depressed brain, you're releasing more cortisol, maybe more adrenaline, things that help us not to feel good inside. And so the moment we say, okay, what could I be grateful for? I'm in a completely different neural pathway state. So anything that we can genuinely feel gratitude for might be a child, might be a pet, might be the sunshine, might be the fact that you have food, anything that you can be genuinely grateful for, you've immediately shifted the direction of your neurons, your neural pathways, and most importantly, what we release because our brain is always releasing neurochemicals. So the moment I move to gratitude, I've changed the direction of my thought and released neurochemicals that are more supportive. So dopamine, serotonin, perhaps oxytocin, and these help us to feel better within seconds. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. It completely changes. It's that new trail that you're trying to make in the forest. I love this. I, it was like you were reading my mind because that's exactly what, what I teach too. Gratitude is so basic, but it is so amazing what it can do to your brain. It immediately changes you. You cannot be in that fear and gratitude at the same time. You can't. Thoughts are either going to take us up yep. or take us down. There's no middle. There's no neutral thought. Right. <laughs> when we grasp that, there's no neutral thought, then we can choose which thought feels better. Well, it feels better when I'm thinking about something I'm grateful for. Yeah. And then I usually get this question, well, how do I allow myself to experience the range of emotions which we all have? Perfect question, because you're not meant to smother how you feel or deny how you feel. So I do 100% believe in expressing our anger, whatever it is, in a safe way and giving yourself a time limit. So if we go back to my story where I was basically in bed for three days under the covers trying to decide whether or not to end my life, and then I made a choice out of that. And once we make the choice again, we send our brain in a new direction and it offers the opportunities to feel the positive neural chemicals. Yep. So we definitely have the power. And that took for me three full days of misery. So when something happens now, we can ask ourselves, how long do I want to complain about this, share this, talk about this, whatever it is? And it might be three minutes. It might be five minutes. It might be one day. And then you give yourself permission to do the venting, do what you need to do to release in a safe way. And then you move on. The challenge is when we repeat our story over and over and over it's the same story it might have happened 30 years ago and people are still talking about it and if it's not healed your brain produces exactly the same chemicals as if it's happened now 300 times 3000 times and it's not supporting our health our happiness or our well-being mm. 
That is so true because it, we're focusing on it and it's like recreating it over and over and over and focusing on it doesn't serve us. It's not going to thinking about the past and things isn't creating a better future, a better life. So I love that you're teaching that, like stop replaying it, live it, embrace it in the moment and give yourself that time. I love that, you know, and give yourself however long you need. If those couple of days or a couple of minutes and then it's okay, leave it in the past and move forward with new thinking, you know, share it in a safe way. You know, yeah, and for definitely. me, when I'm in a place of anger, walking it out helps me. Some people might like to color it out or write it out or a, an exercise of whatever it is, like in a safe way. So what I'm saying to people is we want to genuinely acknowledge our emotions without attacking another person, because mm -hmm. that's where our relationships break down when we're angry, but then we just spew on somebody else unnecessarily. It's not their fault. Usually they're just the recipient of bad energy our thinking yep of our thinking that's created our feelings now yeah yeah that's so true i love the different examples i'm just like those are all the things i do i walk and i color and i work out those are all the things because it makes for a lot happier life when you have those outlets then the little things just stay little and you just don't have to dwell on them and you just get up and go work out or go do some coloring and you can clear your mind and have new more positive thoughts to develop those pathways and it's been 20 years the same that I've been working on this too because of my thinking too. And I just would hope that anybody that hears this can know that it's possible to change. You know, like I wasn't always like this. I was a negative, miserable person that nobody wanted to be around. And and I made sure everybody knew how miserable I was. And I didn't put a time limit on it. I wasn't doing the walking and the coloring and the working out. I was just venting to anybody who wanted to hear it and replaying that victim story. And so I love that you're sharing that there's a time and a place for that, but you need to let it go, let it be in the past and you can change and elevate your happiness. Well, that's the most important piece is that each of us has the potential, no matter Absolutely. how old we are, no matter what has happened, that our brain has the capacity to change. We have the capacity. It doesn't matter how old we are. Nothing matters other than the desire and the willingness to do something different, to practice something a different way. And it's never too late to create a life you love. Never too late. That's right. And it doesn't matter what's happened to you. You can decide. Sometimes it takes help different, you know, I, I use my coaching as an example to help people. I'm a grief therapist. There are so many ways to help ourselves. And for me, it took you know, a team of people that I kept taking classes or courses or going for individual coaching or counseling. And then with my own studies on happiness, how to help the brain, I just kept adding tools to my toolbox. Yep. So if each person listening thinks about having a toolbox, we don't always pull out the same tool for any job. So having a variety of tools that you can use when you need them and you have a list of tools and you can, it's like your toolbox, but your list. Okay, right now I have five minutes, I can do this or I can do this. And it helps because it simplifies you taking a positive action to support your own brain, your own body and your own happiness. Uh. 
I love it. You make it sound so simple. It is. It really is. So I'm so glad to talk to you today and have you share what you've been through and how you've grown from it and what you're doing now. So thank you for what you're doing to help other people. It's a beautiful gift. It really is my pleasure to support others and offer that hope, the optimism and the knowingness, because for me, it's a knowing that we can change our brain to a more positive brain. We can experience a life that is brighter and bolder than it was before with more joy, more happiness and more love. Just a simple reminder to anyone who is undergoing challenges, whether it's grief or loss or a divorce, change of a relationship, loss of a job, whatever it is, the reminder is that if you choose deliberate choice to move forward, you can transform the grief, the loss and the emotions that seem hard in and create a life that you love you can create for yourself a brand new beginning yeah so so well said and it's so true it it doesn't feel like it sometimes especially when you're in it but it is possible and to reach out there's so many people like coaches like you and and other people that are ready and willing that have walked the path already that will help you through if there's something that's kind of got you stuck that you need help to be able to see that there's purpose in life and that there's good things ahead and that you can embrace happiness in your life and it's there. So reach out to people and, and have them help you. And so I'm glad they have you, we can reach out to you and you can help us find that happiness again. It's hard to do alone and well-meaning friends and family. It's not always the answer. Mm -hmm. I use a lot of different supports throughout my journey And that's also what gave me my courage to move out and help other people now. So don't try and do it alone is another thing I would say. Yeah, certainly. And it's funny because the people we associate with, it's not that they've gotten us into that position, but they kind of supported us all the way along. And so when we're trying to change, it's a little bit harder for our close friends and families to want to support that. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic, but You might have to go outside of the people closest to you to really get that different help that you need to be able to overcome what you're going through. Because sometimes those we surround ourselves with, we're kind of equal to and we're kind of ruminating with and kind of coasting with a little bit. To be comfortable. Yes. Change can be uncomfortable. And so if you and I have been married for 10 years and you know me the way I have been, you want me to stay that way. Even if I'm miserable, that's how you know me and you feel comfortable with that. And now I'm changing and I'm this new happy person. And you're like, oh, Elizabeth, I don't know who you are. Right. So it can be scary for our close family members. And yet it can also be uplifting because then once we make the change, they're going, wow, like you are so much healthier now. You're so much happier now. You're more of a joy, like you said, a joy to be around rather than being the miserable person where everything's awful all the time. And I was just, yeah, a drain on 
Like, let me just suck your life energy out. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so that's what's cool is when the family and friends can see you change and go, okay, now you're really fun to be around. You're a lot better. And they want to elevate themselves to be equal to your happiness and your good vibe too. So it's worth it. Get out, get the help and uh, get the support to to make that change and and stop chasing happiness in things because it's it's right there. Just it's embrace right it. Here in yeah. front of us. And most people are absolutely wrong about what will make them happy. All the time. Yes, absolutely. Understanding that fundamentally, we start off with incorrect education on what will make us happy. So we're chasing the wrong things. Yep, exactly. It's right there. It's already in you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has just been a joy. I'm so excited to meet you. Wonderful to share and recognize another kindred spirit. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. I've got to know, did you ever get on your vacation? <laughs> the vacation that you missed? No, you I did not have any insurance and it oh. was one of those all-inclusive. So oh. when you miss flight, it's just over. It's over. And you never went again. You never tried. Oh. Not get to do that. And I didn't have the resources at right. that time. But that's like grief. That is the loss of a lot of money and time and planning. It's a, that's, a, that's a tough one. So I hadn't heard anybody share something like that before. And so it was really like, oh, please tell me you still got your vacation. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. So I, but look what it did for you. It's brought you to such a better place. So just, I, my face hurts from smiling and nodding so much. I'm like, yes, this is so great. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.